17, verse 27. I'm going to read from verse, uh, all the way up to verse 30. First of all, I'd like to say thank you uh, for the opportunity to preach the word here and thank our assistant pastor um, for looking after things and, um, and uh, the work that he's doing when pastor is not around. So we appreciate him for that. And um, and if you put your finger there and uh, go to Revelation chapter three verse fourteen, and we're gonna read all the way to verse seventeen as well. So if you there, say Amen. And he says, they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage. Until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And Revelation 3 verse 14 to 17 says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful one, and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So, the title of my message tonight is called, The Danger of Being Lukewarm. So, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you, Jesus. God, we just want to thank you, Lord, for the presence we felt here in this place, God. We believe, God, that your spirit is here, God, and you were going to do a work here tonight, Lord Jesus. God, from this morning, the word of hope you gave us, God, we receive it, Lord, and tonight, Lord Jesus... God, we pray, Lord, that you would give us the strength, Lord God, to stay, Lord, on the course, to stay on the journey, God, that you've called us to walk on, Lord. So, God, as I speak your word, Father, God, I pray, Lord, that I would speak it in love, Lord Jesus, and not offending God, but to speak it, Lord, with love and kindness, God, to encourage someone here today. Lord, I just ask for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, a lukewarm disciple is not moved by the preaching of the end times because his focus is elsewhere. The burden of reaching the lost is a very big one, one that requires much sweat in prayer, intercession, sacrificing of time and uh, resources. I, I was reading a book um, which I'm still reading, but I just read something that really, really got to me. And um, I've read this book before. I just thought that I'd read it over and over again, just to rekindle some things in me. And um, so, and uh, I read this uh, while I was reading this book. I read a chapter, and it, and it was talking about this man that was a really powerful evangelist. And um, every time this man got up to preach the word, you know. Uh, it ended up being a big revival and souls got to be saved because 
there was just something about this man. And so he was sitting in his little apartment and um, someone was over and they came to ask him and they asked him the question. They said, why does, why do you always have souls in the altar every time you get up to preach? And, and there's always a great revival every time you come up there's always this fire that just comes every time you get up to minister the word of God and and so he turned around and and looked through the window and when he looked through the window he could see people on the streets walking by and then when he turned around and he looked at this man those tears were running down from his face and then he said this word you say to this man he said every one of those people that are walking on the streets they are going to hell and that's the burden that drove this man because that's how he saw he saw it. He saw that those people that are walking by, at least two out of three are going I won't be saved. At least they're gonna to go to hell because no one is preaching to them and so that's the burden that this man carried. And that really got a hold of me. And um so in, in Luke chapter seventeen there is a couple of things we have to look at. Jesus said in the days of Noah, they ate, they drank, married wives, gave in marriage. Until the day Noah entered the ark, the flood came and destroyed them all. And he says in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they uh, bought, they sold, they planted, built it. And on the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, fire and brimstone came from heaven and destroyed them all. Praise God. There is a very... Um, strong warning in the book of Revelation chapter 13 verse 13 about the beast and it says that it deceived man and did wonders and made fire came, come out of heaven, did miracles in the sight of man and, um, and demanded that they should make an image to the beast. It goes further to say this, that the beast had power to give life unto the image of the beast and that the beast would speak and cause many that would not worship it to be killed. Being a disciple of Jesus, the world wants us to be silenced and agree to what the enemy is preaching and deceiving many people with. As long as we remain quiet and don't say anything, we will not be touched. No, no harm will come to us. Praise God. I don't, you know that. I, I, I don't know about you, but. Um, I've been in a situation at work where I was really confronted, and um, and uh, it, you know I did my best to answer the questions, but um, I did have to tell them the truth, you know, even though it was very uncomfortable. But you know, at least I said what I, I felt better that I said what God had me wanted me to say. You know, the moment uh, you decide not to bow down, agree, or remain quiet about what's going on, there goes everything. It happened in the, in the Bible. It also It's also happening today in our world. We have the Israel Falau situation. You see, in Sydney, the majority of people that voted against same-sex marriage uh, were not Christians. Can anyone guess who they were? Yes, Brother Thomas. Uh-huh. Yep, you got that right, brother. It's the Muslim people. They voted against same-sex marriage more than Christians. You see? And uh, 
they did so because you know the 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 prophet Muhammad got his teachings from the first five books of the Bible. Um, that's where the the book of uh, um, the Islam book is built on. Because and so especially Leviticus speaks very strongly about same-sex marriage and homosexuality. So that's what it's built upon. But you know, I, I, I was just wondering, why are they not getting persecuted? Why are Muslims not getting persecuted for, uh, you know, for going against same-sex marriage? But the Bible says that we shall be persecuted for His name's sake. Praise God. It's for His name's sake. Praise God. Praise God. See, a lukewarm believer, these things don't really worry him or her because we're so concerned about the cares of the world such as security you know I've got to have a perfect job as I like to say a perfect jeza but um, you know to have a house to invest in this and that you know I want to I want to go where it's all happening and you know and the teachings of the Bible sometimes no longer move move us or no longer birth fire in us you know, that burns and causes to be uncomfortable because that's what we really want to be, is comfortable. You know, if you say today, you know, I don't really want to be comfortable, I'm happy to tell you that you're lying. You're lying. <laughs> you know, when we follow the crowd and where it's all happening, praise God, we will compromise. And if you're wondering how that will happen, go and ask our good friend Lot. If you ask him, you know, go read his story. You will read so much. You see how much, you know, the, the first, the very first thing he did, he positioned himself in a place where he could be tempted. See, Jesus um, uh, gave the uh, the disciples came to Jesus as you know he was leaving the temple and said, "Master, check this out. Look at how nice the temple is." being Jewish, I'm sure they were proud of that. He didn't pat them on the shoulder and say, yeah, you're right. The temple is amazing and wonderful. Instead, he said, them, he said to them, there will come a day when there won't be a stone upon another. They asked him a question and said, Master, tell us what will be the signs of your coming. He said to them, take heed that no man, no man deceives you. He said, many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. He says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but don't be troubled. All these things must come to pass before the end. Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. You will be afflicted, and you shall be killed, and you shall also be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Jesus said something that I personally believe uh, can, is a major uh, to many forsaking the assembling of one another. He says many shall be offended. He then says those that same people who are offended shall betray one another and then hate each other. He also says many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many because iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall wax cold. Jesus was saying offenses leads to betrayal because a person that is offended feels like they have been betrayed 
then comes hatred, then the door is open to deception. In verse 23 to 27, Jesus repeats this point. See, whenever something is repeated in Scripture, we must take a second look because it's emphasizing the importance of the verse. If anyone comes to you and says, He, he is here and he is there, believe it not. Again, please listen to this. This is a warning from Jesus. He says, False Christ and prophets shall shew great wonders and signs, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. I looked at that word, the very elect, and that word means those that are picked out, those that are chosen by God, those that are appointed, those you know, those that are hand-picked out by God. And that is not um, limited to only pastors and people that are, you know, get up and preach the word. But every saint of God, everyone, everyone that is called of God, everyone that is saved from the world into the church of a living God is elected by God himself. And we are not prone to deception. He says that false prophets shall come and shall deceive the very elect. Praise God, you know. I could go to bed and wake up the next day I could wake up with a very bad mood and that is just the easy door for deception praise God praise God because um, all it takes is just one opportunity given to the enemy and you, you know he doesn't need a second invitation he will receive it with two hands Romans 12 verse uh, 2 says and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's saying and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Say be not conformed to this world uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind once a day maybe in two days time, maybe in three days time, maybe in two weeks time maybe when it's ladies service or when men's service is on, or maybe when it's Easter weekend, but it's saying every day. Renewing is talking about a continuous thing, that every time I feel like I need, I need a renewal, I need to get up on my knee, I need to get down on my knees right there and then, and get a renewing, and renew my hope and my faith and my joy in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Jesus made it very clear to us the trials and tribulations will come. Um, he says that, you know, um, we are going to have two choices. You know, offenses will surely come, but we are going to have two choices. Either hold on to them or let them go. And I didn't say forget because it's, it's not easy to forget, but we have a choice, praise God, to hold on or to let go. You see, we... Um, as believers, we cannot be we cannot be unconscious to other people. You know, we cannot be we cannot be unconscious to other people. But we have to let God help us recognize that what we may be doing or saying may be offensive. Uh, may be offense may be offensive to a brother or a sister. The Bible says, "Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing, and work out your own salvation." You know, it's saying that be careful, make sure that nothing gets you blind to the truth and can lead you to backslide. Watch out for anything. Examine everything presented to you. 
Let the Holy Ghost and the Word examine what you're eating. Praise God. James 1.26 says, If any man among you seem to be religious, and brotherleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to, slow, to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. I can tell you that so many times I've been angry, and, I, and I'm telling you, I never felt the righteousness of God working in me. Jesus warned us to be sober and to be vigilant through the words of Peter because we have a devil that knows every single thing about us. He knows who we are. He knows every weakness, every shortcoming. He knows every temptation that always comes to us. And he just knows how to get us. He knows everything about us. We are living in a time where it seems as though darkness is getting stronger and stronger. But I tell you today, the smallest of light can conquer the greatest of darkness. The darker this world gets, the brighter the light shines. And those that are hungry for God, looking for the true Bible apostolic preaching, they will find it. Eventually, they will see the light and they will come to the light. Jesus did warn us, uh, but he also said that he will never leave us nor forsake us. God knows that it's impossible to live a holy and a righteous life without his spirit, without his word. We cannot find the strength and direction for our lives. Psalm 119 verse 104 to 105 says, Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Every day when we wake up, it's a journey to live the way God wants us to live and to do the will of God. We don't have lamps tied to our feet or just have them placed beside us as we stand. But the book of Psalms says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet because a, a road is designed for us to walk on and, uh, and to get to a particular destination. So the Bible says that uh, thy word is a lamp unto my feet because I need to see where I'm going and thy word uh, and and uh, and the light unto my path because I need to know I, I need to see where I'm stepping and I need to know where I'm going praise God Jesus said we shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire not many days hence in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says but you shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We have been born again and given a new life. We have access to the power to live above sin and to overcome temptation. And Second Corinthians 5:17 to 19 says, "Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, some things have become new, maybe one or two, maybe three, maybe four. But it says, all things, all things have become new. Praise God. And it says, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Praise God. It says, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the, word, the world unto himself, not imputing the, 
trespasses unto them and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Praise God. And you know, and I know this is talking about God has given us the power and the gospel to go and reconcile the word, the world to himself. But uh, I can tell you this that God has also given us the power to be able to reconcile to each other. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation to be reconciled to one another as brothers and sisters. Praise God. And I'd like to say, you know, I really appreciate when a brother, you know, Brother Frost comes to me and says to me, you know, are you doing okay? How are you going? Is everything all right? I truly appreciate that because we are living in a time, we are living in a time uh, such uh, where the body of Christ needs to be intentioned intentional about checking up on each other and see how we are going. Praise God. Praise God. Um, I was, this was a, a while ago and I was listening to uh, a preaching and it's from a preacher that's passed away but very powerful preacher and he, and he was sharing a testimony and he said that you know he was preaching at a conference many many years ago and um, and and 10 years later a man came up to him and, and said to him um, and says uh, the main the, this preacher's name was brother James Kilgo and, and and this man came up to him and said brother Kilgo I need to speak to you I need to ask you to forgive me of something and uh, they started talking and he says oh um, Brother Kilgo, you know, I remember a conference 10 years ago, you said something that really offended me. And uh, can you remember what it was? And he said, no, I don't remember at all. I can't remember that far back. And uh, But this man says, brother, I'm here to ask you to forgive me because I've been holding this grudge against you for years. And so Brother Kilgo said, um, brother, I've already forgiven you and I want you to forgive me. But I also like to say, you know, you know, Jesus forgave me when he died. You know, he forgave me of my sins, and I've been just looking for someone to forgive, because, you know, and and, and I just it really spoke to me. Praise God, because when I think of what Jesus did for me and everything that I've done, all the sins that I've been in, and Him forgiving me, you know, I want to be able to forgive someone else for just the smallest thing ever, because it's not worth missing heaven for. And because when I think about it, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to a different heaven to you all. I think we're going to the same heaven. I think we're going to the, to the same heaven according to the Bible. So, you know, if, if I don't forgive my brother or my sister, you know, it might, it's going to keep me out. It's going to keep me out. Praise God. And the Bible says in uh, Ephesians 4 verse 30 to 32, it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Praise God. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, According as his divine power, hath given unto us all, all things that pertain unto life and godliness 
through the knowledge of him that has called us uh, called us to glory and virtue there is no coach in the world that just takes rounds up a group of players and throws them in a game without no game plan but you know likewise God didn't call us into this thing and you know there's no father who uh, mother who gives birth to their child and just throw them out in the world and expect them to make it on their own but God gave us everything we need to be able to make it. God knew that we will struggle with offenses. He knew that, you know, things will come away and we will get on each other's backs and, you know, upset one another and all these things. God knew and that's why He gave us things to, He gave us um, His Word and He gave us His Spirit to work in us, to help us live the life that He wants us to live. Praise God. See, um, the I don't know why but the last I was looking through all the messages I've, I've, I've preached and and all of them talk they, they at least they have two two things in them one of them is about the coming of the Lord and the other one is offenses and I don't know why and I ask God why do I always talk about these things why do I always talk about these things and and I just believe that you know that's a big stumbling block. It's a very big stumbling block. and It's for me. I've had unforgiveness. I've been offended. You know, and, and it's a very big stumbling block. And my biggest conviction is that, you know, if I hold on to it, I know I'm going to miss heaven. See, the coming of the Lord is very near. So we need, to, we need to lay every sin and every weight aside that distracts us from the will of God. If we are caught up in pursuit of the worldly riches and not and 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 and, um, and things that are not of eternal value, I tell you today, make sure that when you uh, uh, make sure that you have no regret on that day when the trumpet sounds. I'm standing in this pulpit, being as honest as I can be. You know, I have been lukewarm before. In fact, many times. Some of you are looking at me and say, well, Brother Moses, he's always at church. He gets up and he preaches the word. He leads the youth. He's always doing this and that. But, if you know, if this is going to make you happy, the grass is not always green at my house. You know, there, there, there are seasons where the tree needs to be pruned and the leaves fall off. And it looks really old. And, and I mean, I do look kind of old, but... You know, the tree looks very old and it, you know, it, it doesn't look very good. I've been lukewarm before and I'm just being as honest as I can be. And I'm just wondering, can you be honest with yourself when you're lukewarm? Can you admit that to God and say, God, I'm kind of struggling. I'm kind of lukewarm. Can you help me out? Praise God. Praise God. And I'll tell you this. One time, you know, the Lord rebuked me and because, you know, and this is very personal because, and I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't going to share this, but, but I felt like if I didn't, I'll be, I'll be disobeying what God told me. But, you know, um, one time the Lord rebuked me and, you know, I heard something that got in my spirit and I went home and I started crying and whining and, and asking and saying, God, you know, that came so wrong and kind of got into me and I'm so hurt. This is so, this is so painful. And God spoke to me so clear and he said to me, you're getting offended because you're lukewarm. 
I was like, what? What? Did you hear what they said? I was like, yeah, you're getting offended because you're lukewarm. I'm going to share with you a story that is very embarrassing. So you can laugh, but what happens in here stays in here. <clears throat> so this happened a few months ago. I'd say maybe two months ago. Uh, it was, I think it was payday. So I went after work. I went I went to the shops. I got some stuff. I was going to make some, you know, that week I said, I'm going to save some money, so make sandwiches to take to work. So I went and got my sandwiches. I bought my bread and everything I needed. Chicken, obviously, main thing that has to be in it. And um, so I came home and, uh, you know, rested a bit. And around, it was just before I went to bed. And so I made made my sandwich. Um, I had one, and then I made another one to check to work the next day. had it in the, put it in the fridge, and then got up the next day, um, got up the next day, had my shower and everything, I went, got my lunch, put it out on the kitchen, and I left, I went to work, lunchtime, I forgot my lunch home, I was like, oh man, so I was starving that day at work, came back home, as I was, as I was passing through the kitchen, I was so hungry, passing through the kitchen and something caught my eye and I looked to my left and I I saw the sandwiches right there on the kitchen counter. I looked at it the second time, the third time, you know, I took a bite out of it. I was like, man, man, still tastes alright. Before I knew it, I ate all of it. And then, so I rested a bit and then a couple of hours later, I was like, oh, my stomach started going. Started hitting drums in my stomach big regret and um, I got sick from that short uh, long story short I got sick from that but the Lord started teaching me something from this very embarrassing story and um, because the sandwich had been there for long you know everything had turned to the to room temperature and so it became a perfect environment perfect atmosphere for bacteria to grow and God started speaking to me because you are lukewarm I will spew thee out of my mouth and God said you see when you are lukewarm your spiritual condition becomes a perfect foundation for offenses of bacteria unforgiveness offenses of all these things and, 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 and all these things that we struggle with because we are lukewarm they come in because this, our spiritual our state is the perfect foundation for them to grow Praise God. Praise God. But I tell you today, you know, I asked the Lord to just help me out and to really understand this. And I started praying right there and then and asking God to help me and to just allow His fire to come in and to burn everything that was growing in me. Praise God. And I tell you today, if you will jump out of your comfort zone in faith, and just believe God. And if, if there is an area of your life you feel that you kind of look warm. And you kind of need the fire of God to come and, and just burn in that area of your life. Praise God. Today, as the presence of God is here, the fire of God is here to burn. 
and to consume and to set us free. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus wants our prayers, consecration, dedication, commitment, sacrifice, worship. But I tell you today, he will never force you to give it to him. But the choice is yours and mine. We can sit back and remain lukewarm and wait till the cows get home. Or we can get up on our feet and just go towards Jesus and lift him up and glorify his name and worship him and be honest before him. Praise God. There are two types of sacrifices I want to talk about. The first one is the type of sacrifice that we've all read about in the scriptures. Like giving up something that's very dear to us. Abraham, Moses, Ruth, Peter, James, and many more left their comfort zones for the cost of for the cause of the gospel. Maybe some of you here, God is talking to you and telling uh, and telling you to take a leap of faith, but you've been very hesitant. God is saying, "I am a consuming fire." You've been inviting me, but every time I come, there is no sacrifice on the altar. I need something to burn. I need something to consume. The second type of sacrifice in Hebrews says, Hebrews 13, 15 says, By him, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of, uh, of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Some of you came today and you didn't feel like lifting up your hands and praising God, worshiping Him and giving Him all the glory and giving Him thanks. I know that life is tough and there is Monday to Friday that we've got to deal with, you know. But um, if you know that you gave your best tonight and did all that you could, God says, I'll take it. I'll take it. But... You know, for those of you that feel like, you know, you didn't give your best, you didn't really, you know, break that move that you always do and you feel like you're dancing in the spirit, well, you can do that tonight, praise God. You can give God your best tonight and you can just worship Him and lift Him up and live here like you left everything on the altar, praise God. Praise God, praise God if the musician would come, praise God, praise God. I know it's kind of been like a theme, and I know Sister Shulstrand spoke about the fire, and we need the fire, and fire is very uncomfortable, but we need the fire because every time, every time, every now and then, we need to we need God to help us to examine us to see if there is any bacteria growing in us, to see if there's things in us that is growing. Praise God that could build so much mold that the flow of the Holy Ghost is not flowing and, and we're not feeling God's presence. The Word of God is not moving us. You know, he's, he's, you, know, the, 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 you know, the preaching of the Word is no longer getting to us. And then, and then we feel like, praise God, we feel like God has forsaken us. Praise God. But God just wants us to be honest before Him. And I invite you to this altar. Praise God to come to this altar and just to present yourself and allow God to touch you and uh, to baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Because we, if we are going to endure unto the end, as Matthew twenty four thirteen says, says, but he that shall endure, uh, endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Praise God. We need the fire. 
to burn in us. We need the fire of God to work in us, to burn, to consume everything in us that will grow and cause us to be weary and to be discouraged. Praise God. We need the fire of God to work in us. Praise God. Praise God. The reason why it's for this manner. It's for this manner. Praise God. The Bible says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be. Shall, shall, shall we ever be with the Lord? Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Praise God, I've come to you today to encourage you not to discourage, but to just remind you, praise God, that it's the coming of the Lord is near. The coming of the Lord is very near. And we just need to, God to work in us. Let His fire burn in us and burn everything that's grown over time everything that we may have ignored and not brought to the altar praise God and God is saying to you today praise God if you bring the sacrifice I'll bring the fire praise God praise God praise God 